Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What should people know about Hunter Biden that they don't know? Like every single person that I've ever known, I have fallen and I've gotten up. I've done esteemable things and things that are, have been in my life that I, that, that I regret. I think there's more to be known. I really do. I know that's, that's kind of the, the elevator pitch you want to tell people, but I think there's a few more things we need to know, Hunter. Just saying. And welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant as he is on the cruise this week. And we have things that need to be discussed. There are several things that need to be discussed. I mentioned earlier, I thought uh, yesterday was Whistleblower Wednesday. As it seems as if the Hunter Biden IRS whistleblower was everywhere. Was ubiquitous. And uh, saying things that you would think would trigger... A, a real criminal investigation, or at least some outrage on on the uh, in in all of the journalistic world, not just the conservative world. It should be everywhere. Really, the outrage is is something that I cannot believe has not spread like the Canadian wildfires across the country. Boy, oh boy, oh boy! We have to get to that story. We'll get to some of the comments made by Mister Shapley yesterday in a couple of different venues. Uh, but I also I also want to note that yesterday was Bidenflation Day as the Biden team has rolled out the plan. They're now rebranding the economy to um, to show us that Biden economics or Bidenomics are are really a good thing when most of us are experiencing Bidenflation. Most of us are seeing that our our income does not go as far, that the gas prices are still over a dollar higher than they were when uh, Joe took office. The inflation is still double what it was under Donald John Trump. And they want us to believe, they, the Democrats, want us to believe that Biden economics or Bidenomics, as they want to call it, well, that's the way to go. And the only reason people aren't feeling it it's because, well, it's just all the good stuff hasn't kicked in yet. All the good stuff about Bidenomics, just it, it hasn't taken hold. The roots are still being established down below the surface of the economy. Yesterday, the Fed chairman, Mr. Powell, he was talking about inflation. And, you know, I think that relates to Bidenomics. He was over on one of the business channels having a little chit chat about inflation. Here's what he said. For core inflation, uh, I, I don't see us getting to 2% this year or next year. I see us getting there the year after. 2025. Yeah. Core inflation, 2%. So you're going to be restrictive for a long time. We will be restrictive as long as we need to be. As long as we need to be. It's kind of like how long are we going to support Ukraine and keep sending billions over there. But the Fed chair says that he expects inflation to not get back to the target of 2%. And 
at least until sometime in 2025, which means interest rates are going to stay higher. And that's a problem. That's a problem for people who are trying to buy cars. That's a problem for people who are trying to uh, pay their credit card debt, which now apparently uh, credit card debt is just growing and growing and growing, the highest it's been ever per household. The Fed chair also warned about, ooh, the R word. The R word is out there. I think there's a, a significant probability that there will be a downturn as well, though, but it's not to, not to me the most likely case. That's the hard landing scenario. Or just this, I wasn't even thinking of hard landing. I was oh. thinking of even a, even a, uh, you know, a recession. Uh, let me run that by one more time. Anybody worried about the Fed chair actually openly talking about this? Mr. Powell, again, repeat yourself to the class, please. I think there's a, a significant probability that there will be a downturn as well, though. But it's not to, not to me the most likely case. That's not the most likely case. Just a downturn. A downturn wouldn't be bad, you know, because a downturn, you can say, well, at least it's not a, 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 a what word, sir? That's the hard landing scenario. Or just this, I wasn't even thinking of hard landing. I was oh. thinking of even a, even a, uh, you know, a recession. A recession. A recession. So while the Biden administration is out there putting Joe in front of the people, selling his, his new rebranding of what he's doing to the American economy, what his administration is doing, and it, trust me, involves a lot more spending. Ford just got approval for a $9.2 billion loan from the federal government so they can get in partnership with China and build batteries for electric cars in, uh, in Michigan. They're still all in on the electric car thing. Yesterday, the president of Volkswagen made a very public statement saying, that uh, they're, they're kind of walking back from the electric vehicles. They don't necessarily see it as the answer. It's kind of like a fad, if you will. The president of Volkswagen, which makes a whole bunch of cars in this world, and they're walking back from EV production. They just put out a new version of the microbus. Remember the iconic hippie microbus from the 60s? They put out a brand new version of that bus and it's an EV. And people were asking the Volkswagen CEO, hey, uh, what about the Beetle? Wouldn't it be cool to bring back the Beetle as an electric vehicle? And he stomped on that idea. There will not be an electric Beetle from Volkswagen. Toyota recently, as, as recent as last week, Toyota has made statements that they are not going away from internal combustion engines. Toyota will make and market a buffet of different vehicles. There will be some battery-operated vehicles. There will be a combo. I guess you call it a hybrid, plug-in hybrids. And then there will be some pretty solid, muscular internal combustion engine cars. So Toyota, the world's largest automaker is not all in on the EVs. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And apparently, the inside scoop from people I've talked to who know these CEOs, the inside scoop is that they're worried about the 2024 election. 
So they're kind of keeping their options open. If there is a change in parties in the White House in 2024, all of these these automotive companies, except Ford, which is borrowing $9 billion from you and me to make more electric vehicles in partnership with China, thank you very little, uh, but Volkswagen and Toyota and several others are now drifting away from the EVs because they see it as totally a political idea and not a good business idea necessarily. Because trust me, if the car companies thought they could make electric vehicles and make money on them, they would do that. But electric vehicles are not profitable without government support. They're not a product that, that the general public can afford because they're more expensive to purchase. They're more expensive to insure. They are more expensive to repair. I know all of this because I had three and a half years of ownership of an electric vehicle. They cost a lot more to fix and, and to insure. And the cost of electricity is going to go up, so they're going to cost a lot more to operate. You have to pay more because you have to buy more tires more often. The weight of the electric vehicles wears out the tires a lot faster than the internal combustion engines. It's just a fact. And now the electric vehicle owners, again, I'm a recovering one. The electric vehicle owners are about to get hit with one more charge. And that is a road use charge. Whenever you buy a gallon of gas, a whole bunch of the money that you pay for that gallon of gas goes to taxes that are supposed to be used, supposed to be used to fix and repair the roads. It's, it's just common sense. If you're driving a car and you're on the roads, you're part of the reason the roads wear down. You're, you're the pothole problem. And so potholes, paving, bridges, et cetera, tunnels, all need to be under constant repair. And that's what those taxes that you pay when you buy gasoline go to. The people that own electric vehicles, and there's a lot of them in this country, even though it's only about 6% of the total uh, car population in America, vehicle population in America, those people don't pay a dime in road use tax. So the government now is going to go after them. They're going to start a, maybe it's monthly, maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's every time you charge your car. But you're going to see, if you own an electric vehicle, you're going to see a brand new tax, and that's what it is. Remember, Joe Biden told us he was not going to have uh, taxes on anyone making under $400,000 a year. Well, that's a brand new tax coming out of this administration. I don't think I'm wrong on this. Again, I'm a recovering electric vehicle owner. I know of which I speak. And I suspect Jim in Naperville, Illinois, knows this story as well. Jim is listening on the great WLS in Chicago. Jim, welcome to the program. You have some insight into the EV situation? Yes, Mike. Actually, I'm listening on WMAL because WLS uh, doesn't have as great a lineup as as you as uh, WMAL. But uh, that said, uh, the uh, I don't know if you're aware of that Governor Pritzker uh, signed into law SB 40 here in Illinois that is going to require starting January 1st of 2024 multi-unit uh, uh, parking, uh, uh, residential unit parking all has to be supplied with electric charging stations. Uh, 
Hmm. And then so, uh, all and all residential uh, the year after, and I think twenty twenty five it becomes effective. All all residential new and remodeled garages must be equipped with a charging station, which means you have to increase your uh, service to two hundred amps, your electric service to two hundred amps, even though uh, eighty or eighty nine percent of the uh, or ninety eight percent of the populace don't own electric cars. So the, let me get this straight, Jim. Uh, the state of Illinois and uh, Democratic Governor Pritzker, he's a billionaire. He can do whatever he wants because he's ridiculously wealthy, uh, have now and passed a law. presidential candidate. Uh, yeah, well, and he thinks. presidential candidate. He thinks. Yep. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm not buying that one. But the, the country isn't that crazy. But now, so next year, any uh, multifamily home situation, apartment complexes will have to have a a charging station. Now, who pays for that? If you're an apartment building owner and you have 10 apartments in your building or 100, who pays for the charging stations in the Illinois construction? Residents, ultimately, just like they do taxes. Any tax increase, it's going to it goes to the end user, you know, right? Yep. Uh, and um, so apartment rents are going to go through the roof. Uh, you know, because they have to, I believe it has to be uh, at every spot in the parking spot. I might be wrong, but I think yeah. it's every spot in the thing has to have not just one charging station. You have to have charging stations for every parking spot. Wow. That would be, see, uh, now I'm worried about that because that's cost prohibitive, I believe, to have an electric vehicle yeah. charging station at every spot, especially it would have to be at least 200 volts. For that, because uh, the 120 or 220, the 120 volts are, you know, household current. Those are trickle charges. It takes more than a day to charge the the standard Tesla car requires more than 24 hours to recharge if you just plug it in at home. If you get the 220, it's about five to eight hours, depending on the car. And to, in order to mandate that into new construction of homes in in Chicago, uh, this is going to add uh, at least $2,000 per home in terms of cost. And so that's... Uh, it's the entire state of Illinois, not just Chicago. Oh, I'm sorry, the entire state. That's insane. And this is yeah, why... So rural people, farmers, that somebody who's driving their old pickup, have to, if they remodel their garage or add a garage, they're going to have to put in 200 amp service at minimum and then, and then install a charging station. This is why we, we need sanity back in charge. This is why 494 days from now, we have to return sanity and not the, the planned obsolescence of the American Republic, which is what I believe the Democrats are up to. We'll get back to this. And I, I still have to get to the Whistleblower Wednesday update because there was a lot going on yesterday. Plus, Ozempic butt, Ozempic finger. What are all these drugs doing to us? And is it a good idea? It's Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It is the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka sitting in for Chris Plant. And occasionally, while while I have a stack of topics I want to get to, I get taken off course by things. And mostly because my jaw drops when I see some of the insanity that's out there. I lose my ability to even, as the millennials used to say. You know, they used to say, I can't even. I can't even. And I guess that means... They lose their ability to cope with something. So I've lost my ability to even today. And it relates to a, a lot of the, the alphabet madness. Today, we learned, thanks to the Real Daily Wire Twitter account, that the CBC, I'm assuming that's the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, has changed uh, the acronym LGBTQIA2S to a brand new acronym. So we need to learn a new acronym. Are you paying attention? Are you writing this down? Are you taking notes today? Because as there's people listening in the Canada, our favorite suburb, America's favorite suburb. Uh, the new acronym replacing LGBTQRSTUV, whatever it is, is now 2STN. BGC. Now cover your right eye and read it again. 2STNBGC. Yeah, my prescription's going to need an adjustment. That's the new. Who decides? We're the acronym police on this. And who's going to break it to, to Trudeau? He's going to have to learn a new one. Plus, uh, kids' rights. Yeah. I will never apologize for standing up. For an LGDP, uh, LGT, LBG. Yeah, he's never going to get this one. 2-S-T-N-B-G-C. I'm not even sure I can break it down to what all that means. Just stop. Let's just stop it. You know, there is no cat gender. There is no moose gender. It, it's It's not... Sane. And the sooner we all get to agree on that, the sooner we all get back to doing things that will make our country a strong republic again. And maybe even it'll help some of the Bidenomics problems. Jeez, it's insane. Who knows? Who? I want to know who the board is that came up with this stuff. Someone's got to explain. I can't even say I got some splaining to do because I'd get slapped with some kind of madness claim on that as well. All right, we've got a half an hour left and we have so many things to get to. We'll talk about Whistleblower Wednesday and what the whistleblower said. Plus, uh, should you be on that Ozempic thing? What are the implications? Is it long term? And a couple other surprises. Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It is the Chris Plant Show on a Thursday. Mike Opelka in for Chris. He'll return after the Independence Day holiday. Thank you for choosing us. I'll get back to the phones in a little bit, but I do have some very important stuff I have to cover because yesterday was, and I didn't even see it on the calendar. It wasn't on the day book. It's, uh, it was Whistleblower Wednesday. And uh, the whistleblower, the one that's public, Gary Shapley, was out and about making the rounds in the media, mostly conservative media, because, you know, they just don't report anything on Hunter Biden on the other channels. And the Washington Post isn't going to invite him over for a sit-down. By the way, programming alert, uh, Nicole Wallace, who claims she was at one time Republican, is going to be sitting down with Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. this afternoon for a hard-hitting interview a probe into Joe Biden's brain. No, that's not happening, but it will be softball practice. It will be fun for Joe Biden, but not for anybody else. We're not going to learn anything today. And I'm sure it's taped so they can fix anything. But let's get back to the whistleblower. Gary Shapley yesterday actually sat down across from Brett Baer. Who wouldn't you love to see Joe Biden sit down across from Brett Baer? Brett, Brett Baer. He was tough on Mr. Trump. Uh, Shapley talking with Brett Barry yesterday about uh, the treatment of taxpayers and how it should be fair, shouldn't it? Every taxpayer deserves to be treated fairly. And, you know, it was my oath of office to, to, to make sure that that happens. And, uh, um, you know, we wouldn't meet our mission as an agency with IRS criminal investigation. And we'd really lose the trust of, of, of the people of the United States if we didn't ensure that everyone was treated fairly. Yeah, and that, that is kind of the hope. You know, we all expect and we all hope and pray that um, the federal government would treat us all equally because they're always telling us, Nancy Pelosi for years told us everything is about fairness and everything had to be fair. Well, it's turning out to be quite different. Uh, Shapley also talking with Brett Baer. And um, this was about whether or not you could actually charge somebody. Could you actually make sure someone would face charges or did someone else have input on that? I was there and I witnessed this personally. And he started with he's not the deciding person on whether or not charges are filed or not. Not the deciding person on whether charges are filed with Hunter Biden. That's correct. Who was? So... Ultimately, this, if you follow the path of where the venue leads you, they went to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office in March of 2022. Hmm. So you take it to your boss, and normally your boss would have the authority to take your recommendations that charges should be filed, but not in this case. I wonder why. Maybe it had something to do with the last name of the person under investigation. And... They did have search warrants that they were getting ready to use, but um, that kind of got messed with. Uh, Shapley was talking about they were they were really getting ready to drop the net 
and reel in a bunch of information, but something got in the way. Between April and June of 2020, we, uh, we drafted an affidavit to execute search warrant in a couple different locations, and the prosecutors at the time stated that probable cause had been achieved. But as we, we moved closer to the election, um, it just seemed like they kept putting it on the back burner and they eventually didn't allow us to do that search warrant, even though the legal requirements to execute that search warrant were met. So everything was above board. All of the requests were properly made and the search warrants were ready to be executed, but uh, they weren't allowed to do that. They were, they were not allowed to do that. The search warrants they had didn't get to be executed. They even had gone so far, according to Shapley, they even had gone so far as to plan what they called a day of action, meaning there was a coordinated effort to go after the subject of their investigation. And somehow that got upended. So we eventually did a day of action where we were approaching the subject and, and several other witnesses. We had a plan to, of what, how we were going to approach Hunter Biden that morning. And ultimately, we found out that the night before, um, I was told the FBI headquarters contacted Secret Service and the transition team and told them of the pending action the next day. So. Ultimately, I don't know how it affected uh, uh, the, the witnesses, but there was clear opportunity for them to be tipped off before we even approached them. And of the 12 interviews that we attempted, we only received one substantive interview. So they were ready. They were ready to go in on this. But somebody at FBI headquarters reached out to the Secret Service and the transition team and let the cat out of the bag. This guy sounds so credible. I cannot believe there's a larger uproar from journalists about this. And they're, they're not talking about it. Shapley, um, also talking to Brett Bear, talked about they weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. They couldn't use certain names in search warrants or documents. Kind of surprising. We weren't allowed to ask questions about Dad. We weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. We weren't allowed to... In, include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. So, um, you know, we were precluded from following that line of questioning. And why would be my question? Why, why were they not allowed, the person who blocked it, the person or persons who blocked the use of those names, including the big guy reference, why were they not allowed to bring that up? Hmm. Certainly a lot of money out there. And, uh, Brett Baer was quizzing Mr. Shapley about following, tracking that money. And as far as following the money, did you get that far down the investigative track? Concerning Hunter Biden, I feel like we have a very good grasp on, on the income flows. Yes. And is it millions? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was around $8.3 million in from 2014 to 2019. That's not a bad five-year period for a guy who's basically doing nothing except doing blow and hookers. 8.3 million over five years. I guess that's where the IRS problem came from. I guess the, that's where the, I'm not paying taxes on this. Well, you should have been. Uh, Shapley continuing with Brett Bear talking about the frustrations involved in this investigation. I'm kind of in an unprecedented place. I mean, I'm not frustrated of, of, about the outcome, right, because that's out of my control. But what I am frustrated about is that we were hindered when we were conducting this investigation. And um, I think that 
that um, it really hid the true scope of, of what happened um, in this investigation. It appears that it did, does it not? It, it really does. To me, it does anyway. It appears like this definitely hindered the investigation, completely stopped it from getting to what you would normally say is the appropriate conclusion. There was not a, a fair investigation, and it appears that all, all hands on deck when it comes to investigating someone with an R after their name, specifically Donald John Trump. On CBS News, again, this happened on CBS, which is kind of surprising because journalism doesn't always show up over at CBS News. Um, Jim Axelrod, a reporter, talked to Shapley as well. If this was any other person, they likely would have already served their sentence. Gary Shapley was a lead IRS supervisory agent in Operation Sportsman, the investigation into Hunter Biden. Shapley said he uncovered conduct that warranted more serious charges. There were personal expenses that were taken as business expenses. Prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. So Hunter Biden was expensing hookers. And the agents that were investigating this actually interviewed the hookers. I, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm stunned at this. And it's only getting pushed to the side. They're slow walking it, trying to get Joe out of office. But I don't think they're going to get away with it this time. They've certainly gotten away with it so far. Shapley on CBS again. He was shocked. It was just shocking to me. Shapley, who is still working for the IRS, told us that even before President Biden took office, he was directed to avoid leads involving Hunter's father. There were certain investigative steps that we weren't allowed to take that could have led us to President Biden. And you wanted to take them? We needed to take them. And you weren't allowed to take them? That's correct. Now, again, I think the most surprising thing here, because we believe and we've known, most of us on the conservative side of the news world have known that all of this existed before yesterday's Whistleblower Wednesday. But what's really important here is this happened on CBS News. This happened on a mainstream media channel that normally carries water for the party. So it does appear to be a sign that maybe the mainstream media's left side has finally decided that it's time to turn on Joey? Maybe. Maybe. There's one more clip on this topic, and that features Representative Jason Smith. And he's the one who's been uh, making some pretty strong statements in front of the press about everything involved in this, especially the, uh, the corruption that is rampant around Hunter Biden. This was a campaign of delay, divulge, and deny. Whistleblowers say reoccurring unjustified delays pervaded the investigation, including an authenticating a WhatsApp message in which Hunter Biden demands payment from Chinese officials, noting that his father is in the room. Yeah, it, it really feels like, well, there's more than one WhatsApp message now, but it really feels like we've got enough evidence here to get something done. But will the Department of Justice get something done or allow it to happen? I'm still dubious. 
I'm still very dubious. Uh, all right, I'm going to shift gears because I promised this yesterday, and about the same time yesterday I said I would get to this. There's a lot of attention around the new class of drugs that were meant to help people with type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a very tough thing to deal with. And because of the obesity situation in America, there are a whole bunch of folks who are dealing with it. And they discovered that that these drugs, Ozempic, Wigovi, Monjaro, the other ones from Eli Lilly in experimentation, that they are showing great progress in helping people lose weight. And uh, I, I reached out to Dr. Michael Royzen of the Cleveland Clinic to talk about the long-term effects of this. And if, if you do start taking it and you're doing it to maybe lose weight, do you then have to take it for the rest of your life? And we talked about that yesterday. Dr. Royzen answered that question and a couple others. You know, we don't know the answers to that um, in the most of the look, these these haven't even been out a full two years. Um, so uh, Ozempic for this purpose is really about uh, a year and a half um, since the first studies appeared on it for this purpose. And um, I have, as I said, I think I have about three patients who have been on them, who've gone off, who've maintained the weight off. Um, but the vast majority of people who go off them uh, will regain their cravings, their hunger and their appetite and uh, have to stay on them. And we assume for the rest of their life, when in the studies people go off them, they regain the weight. So that's one of the problems is you have to stay on it for an awful long time. It's not a temporary thing where you lose the weight and can keep it off by um, other means. Although we think that's possible if you up your uh, physical activity and decrease your overall calorie intake by habit afterwards. So the, the point is there are ways of doing it, we think. But so far, the data indicate you have to do um, resistance exercise while you're taking it to avoid excess muscle loss. And the second thing is you have to stay on it an awful long time. So therein lies the reality of this, this new craze of taking a drug that was meant to help people with type 2 diabetes, but it's shown huge benefits in weight loss. You have to keep doing weight training. Because in normal weight loss, they target 20% of your weight loss is muscle. But with these drugs, it's 40%. And that's where you get the condition they call ozempic butt, where your butt suddenly becomes flabby or minuscule. So people have to go to the gym, which isn't that an interesting concept once you've lost weight and you want to get healthy. But they may be a miracle drug with some other surprises behind them? The answer is talk to your doctor. It's, um, it's a brave new world out there, and the pharma business is going to find a way to cash in on it, aren't they? All right, I'm stepping aside. When we come back, we'll wrap up today. There are a couple other things floating out there. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show wrapping up a, a Thursday edition and uh, just a, an alert tomorrow. If you would come back tomorrow, we would love it. 
We would love it. My name is Michael Pelka. I'm sitting in for Chris. And tomorrow we're going to look at the Woke Olympic Awards. And you'll be able to nominate corporations or government officials who are so woke they deserve a medal for that. Because they love getting medals, don't they? They do. So we'll be able to do that tomorrow. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of chatter about the Supreme Court decision today that overturns affirmative action. And uh, Barack Obama has already weighed in on it. And then people are pointing at Clarence Thomas and say, well, he got it. And uh, so we'll deal with that tomorrow because there isn't enough time. Uh, I do. I, I think I could squeeze in one quick call. I want to go back to Naperville, Illinois. Uh, John is on the phone in Naperville, Illinois. I, I can't be too long on this, John, because i got to make one more point. But you say I'm fast. wrong about EVs, sir? I'll be fast. Um, love you. Love Chris. Love the show. Thank you for having me as a guest. Um, Cacistocracy is what we should be teaching kids, by the way, uh, in their early school years. But, yeah, uh, the average EV at Tesla uh, earned Tesla $9,580, so it is very profitable, almost three times of any other manufactured vehicle. Um, and, yeah, I'm a fan, but uh, the profitability shocked me when I heard it. it was a couple of months ago when uh, there was a big earnings analysis. So it is profitable to produce them. So you're, you're claiming on your house, that'll charge them. I will go back and look at my data on this because I want to make sure I'm doing this right. And I, if I made a mistake, I will, I will point it out. But I was told that Tesla ain't making money off cars without the government subsidies. And that means you're not a capitalist corporation. You're, you're not a free market capitalist, which is kind of where I live. And so if that's the case, but well, I'll get back to it tomorrow. But thank you. I appreciate you being uh, honest and brave enough to call in and contradict me. We'll, we'll deal with it tomorrow. And speaking of tomorrow, I said we're going to talk about woke awards. There is a cancer fund, a United Kingdom-based cancer fund that wants doctors now to stop using the word vagina. They say that it's offending trans persons who have one but don't identify as women. I I wish I were kidding. This is not made up. Our friends at uh, MRC TV have got this story with the headline, Cancer Fund Suggests Doctors Replace, quote, vagina with the trans-inclusive term. Are you sitting down? Are you buckled up? Bonus hole. Excuse me? This is not the Babylon Bee. This is a journalistic organization, MRC. It's a real story. Tomorrow, I predict we are going to hit new levels of insanity among the woke with the woke Olympics. We, we, we haven't even begun to crack the, the surface on this one. Not just the woke Olympics in dealing with this issue. But there is a religious organization that wants to take the creed that so many people say at church and change it to include woke language. I'll play it for you tomorrow because I don't want to get hit by lightning by saying it today. It's Michael Pelka reminding you, testudo, my friends, testudo. (laughs) 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.